Hello. Well, hello. I'm looking for Tyler from Said the Whale. Speaking. Well, hello, Tyler. My name's Scott, and I host the interview show. How's it going, Scott, from the interview show? I'm doing great. You're fuzzing out a little bit there. Sorry, yeah. I'm uh, deep in the in the bowels of a building. Um, I, it should be all right intermittently. Is it, is it okay, sort of? It's okay, sort of, yes. Okay, okay. So where are you? Uh, I'm just at our rehearsal space. Oh, you're still fuzzing out a little bit. Sorry. Um, I'll go to the door as best as I can. Um, I'm just at our rehearsal space in Gastown. Oh, much appreciated. Is tonight rehearsal night? No, no, I'm just playing some guitar here. I can't play guitar loud at my house, so I'm just here. Here, here I am at the door, so hopefully this is okay. Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today I've got Tyler Bancroft from Said the Whale on the line. Hello. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing great. Good. I'm just I'm going to jump right in there. And uh, the Vancouver Sun called you guys blatantly British Columbians, so I wanted you to sound off on Vancouver. Uh, I think we're labeled blatantly British Columbia because we write a ton of songs about the area, um, which is kind of hard not to do. 
um, when when you live in a city that's as beautiful as Vancouver, um, it's kind of been our muse for a while. Um, you know, Ben and I, who both do the songwriting, we um, kind of both just write what we know, and um, you know what we what we know is living in Vancouver a lot, and um, and well, actually, the rest of the the new record is a lot um, kind of more Canada influenced, just because. You know what we have known in the past two and a half years has been driving across Canada time and time again. So, um, well, we are blatantly British Columbian. I think um, it's becoming a little more blatantly just Canadian in general. Well, yeah, and the great story behind Islands Disappear is that you guys did write so many songs about places in Canada, and so many bands do that track in Canada, yet they don't write about it. And I've interviewed many bands where they're just saying things like, you know, when I go on tour, I just eat, sleep, drive, I don't want to think about any songs, there's nothing sexy or nothing interesting about being on the road, so I don't write songs about it. Um, Well, yeah, we we don't really write songs on the road, because it's just, you know, uh, both of us are very, like, you know, solitary songwriters mm-hmm. um but it's pretty hard for us at least not to be influenced by the trip because i mean the trip itself is absolutely beautiful and um we've always just had the most fun possible touring um so so yeah like i mean it's it's true it can be a grind for sure but at the same time you know we're we're both just very inspired by you know geography and stuff like that so when you're getting to cover so much ground, it's it's hard not to come home with a with a whole ton of new influence. So, yeah, why do you think so many other Vancouver bands don't want to write about British Columbia? I, I, I wouldn't say that that they don't want to write about it. I just think that um, you know, I, I guess it's it's not as regular as I would feel it is. But you know, just writing about geographical places is something that uh, Ben and Ben and I have always been really interested in, and. Um, so yeah, so that's why it comes out. I don't think it's anyone, you know, not wanting to write about where they're from. It's just kind of something that that we do, and and it you know can kind of nip us in the butt because, you know, we've been trying to get some U.S. label interest and stuff, um, but it's really hard because we are so blatantly Canadian. So what do they say? They say it's too Canadian. They go, oh yeah, another Canadian indie band. I get it. I get it. Um, and I guess they figure there's not much of an audience for it down there and. Maybe so, but you know, we'll we'll see. We've had not very much luck in the states so far, but we're we're just gonna go for it, I think. So, if I take you into a possible future and you say you do a tour of the states, could you come back with a record like uh, of Jen Stevens' Illinois? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, that's a crazy record. Um, that's uh, it's not really our style, but um, you know, just thematically, maybe. Who knows? You know, we we definitely write about our geography a lot. You're taken by the woods even though you're aware of The slippery cliffs and the big black bears And the salal snares taller than yourself Ferns growing as thick as the trees, yeah You're looking for a flag at the top of the hill It's a race against the light You should never travel alone. 
Having never met a bear and you capture the flag At the top of the hill with daylight to spare Orienteering comes naturally You read the map right I'm Tyler from Said the Whale, and you're listening to The Interview Show. <laughs> I don't think it's any secret that we're both kind of nerdy. I mean, you know, we write songs about magicians and orienteering in the forest. <laughs> so I don't think any any of our nerdiness is, is really uh, something we're trying to keep under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You guys are both also long-term Vancouverites. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the sense of ownership that the few and the proud people that have been born in Vancouver that still live there feel towards the city. Yeah, it's funny. I've, I, um, most people I know are born and raised in Vancouver. Um, that could be because I kind of have the same friends now that I had in high school. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know a whole lot of people that from Vancouver with the exception of our bass player who's originally from Calgary. Um, in terms of you know, kind of a sense of ownership of the city, um, we're seeing it now big time, I think, with the Olympics coming. And, you know, I've, I watched my, my childhood baseball diamond get just absolutely demolished and turned into a big-sized curling rink, which is going to be completely obsolete after the Olympics because I don't know if curling is really a big pastime of Vancouverites, um, but it's certainly not for me. So, sorry, it, it, it can be difficult to watch for a, for a Vancouverite to see the city changing so rapidly, um, especially with the Olympics. So, Yes, yes. And as a Vancouverite, I was wondering if you could sort of talk about a place in Vancouver that, you know, not many people would know about, you know, like your secret place. Um, well, my secret places aren't, aren't really secret. I, I really, um, you know, it, like if, if I was, I'll, I'll give you a scenario. If, if I was trying to entertain someone from out of town, um, I would probably take them out on my boat. Um, because that's, I think that's the best view. And in the summer, I try and go out as much as possible. So not, not much of a secret, but around English Bay is a really great place to hang out. Nice, nice. So where would you take somebody on your boat? Um, probably just you know a little loop around English Bay if we're feeling super ambitious. Maybe go, uh, you know, through Lionsgate and past the Second Arrows and up into Indian Arm. But that's that's a bit of a trip. Um, you, you can go in a house sound and that's like you know four hours or something like that. So um, there, there's a whole a whole myriad of options depending on how much time you have and how much food and beer you have. 
Okay, I wanted to get you to talk about one song that was specifically about Vancouver, and so I picked Black Day in December because it was about, you know, the tragedy in Stanley Park where it got ripped up by that storm. And I was reading an interview with you guys where you said the after the storm happened, you guys went out and walked around the park, and I did that as well. And it goes back to sort of what I was trying to get you to talk about in terms of people who live in Vancouver and the ownership they feel of the city. So I was wondering if you could talk about that song and, and that day where you went around the park. Yeah, well, the day that we went there, we actually didn't really know what had happened. You know, we knew it was windy as hell the night before. Um, we didn't really know to what extent uh, everything had been affected. So we just went there um, doing some photos. This was like three years ago um, with a friend of ours. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of, oh, let's go to the park because there'll be some nice photos. And ended up walking through all this devastation and there was you know, tons of people walking around. We were kind of wondering what was going on, and it turns out, you know, these were uh, people who had, who were, who had been living in the park uh, and had kind of had their homes blown away or torn down or ripped up, and so they were kind of displaced. And um, so it was really bizarre, and we didn't realize how how heavy duty it actually been affected. Um, and, and so Ben wrote the song, so I can't speak as honestly about the song as he could, but I can tell you that... Um, his sister works for the Stanley Park Ecological Society. So he kind of wrote the song for her, and, um, you know, the park has always meant a lot to him and it's meant a lot to me. Um, and, and any Vancouverite is, you know, got to be proud of the giant, beautiful park that we've got right smack in the middle of downtown Vancouver. Um, and so just seeing it ripped apart like that was, was really sad, and, um, and it inspired that song for Ben, so... Mermaid sits on a sidewash rock in the harbor Watching the children play And every day, sun or rain Old man kneels to the earth to pray For the rain and the stars and the cars at the heart The dark and windy Vancouver A black day in December She sees the worst is yet to come, yeah, a big wave on the horizon. The first wind blowing in left, Stanley's soldiers felled and broken. We went all, all.
I'm Tyler from Said the Whale, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Nice, nice. Okay, I'm going to take you into another possible future. It's, sure. uh, it's 2010, and you've just won the Polaris Prize, and you're <laughs> on the stage, and you're kissing Grant Lawrence. What kind of kisser is he? What kind of kisser is he? Yep. Um, I'd say he's a pretty closed-mouth kisser. Um, he's definitely uh, very loyal to his, uh, his fiance Jill Barber. Um, so I, I can't see him really getting into the romanticism of the kiss, um, especially because it's, you know, he's not winning the $20,000. The person kissing him is. So, um, you know, he, he's not getting paid 20 Gs to kiss any sweaty dudes. Right. And, and let me clarify, I'm saying that this is a kiss out of joy, not a kiss out of passion. Uh, I, I think it'd be a little bit of both. Grant Lawrence is a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, so, you know, it'd be hard not to let emotion into it. Well, then I guess he has something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, first we have to, you know, just even get on the long list, which is a, a long shot in itself. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think staying humble is really important. So I'm, I'm just really happy that people are, are digging the record we've made. And, you know, hopefully throughout the next year, we'll get more and more people to hear it. And then, and then you know, start on the next one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Now, Radio 3 has been great in supporting you guys, and Emerald Lake, Alberta, your song, won the most Canadian song, and um, I wanted to ask you what that song meant to Canadians. Um, Well, what's really funny is that that's not at all our most Canadian song on the record. Um, So we were actually kind of surprised that that one got nominated for most Canadian song, and just the title is... Is, is a reason. I mean, this, the song itself is totally, it's about a day that we spent with our friends Hey Ocean on this really beautiful lake uh, in Alberta on a, on a day during tour. And, you know, it was just kind of a, a, a good vibe kind of song, just conveying how, how great we were feeling that day and, you know, just how awesome it is to, to get to go on the road with your friend, beautiful country. And, and um, you know, it, was, it just couldn't really get any better. Um, but uh, in terms of the actual Canadiana of that song, it's it's really only just the geographical part of that that's Canadian. You know, it's um, there are other songs that are much more Canadian on the record, which is you know we just kind of thought it was funny that that was the one that got picked. I don't know. I, I, you're looking at it in a very literal way. I, I was thinking like when you listen to the chorus, I can see how people of a certain mindset would definitely resonate with that song. Just in terms of, like, positivity? And- well, like, come on, the whole chorus. It's just like, you know, you can really feel the joy of that day. And I think that part of the benefit of being Canadian for those who enjoy the outdoors could be that feeling. That's true. That's a good point. I, ha- I hadn't really thought of that being something that would resonate uh, really with Canadians. So, um, because, you know, I, I know a lot of Americans that love the outdoors as well and would, and, you know, would, would totally get the vibe of that. Um, but that, that's a good way of looking at it. So I'll I will take the award and smile. <laughs> <laughs> Left arms burn, head for the lake. A bit more sun than we could take. I'll push the jimmy if you push the bay. Then we can sink down to the bottom and say, What a fine life we are living. What a fine life. Fine life we are living
Tyler from Said the Whale, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Perfect. You guys are a part of the Vancouver scene, and uh, Andy Dixon, a.k.a. Secret Mommy, did your website, and yep. you live with Zach from the Zolas. I do, yeah. So considering that Vancouver is one and a half degrees of separation, I was wondering if you could connect yourself to someone else in the Vancouver music scene that we would never expect. You'd never expect? Oh. Um, I mean, we're we're just all friends with each other. Um, God, who, who would you not expect? Why don't you name the person and I'll see if I'm connected to them? Because I don't know who you know. Um, well... We could go a lot of different ways. We could be like Kiprios or Kenny Starr. Mm, let's see. I used to work at a company called Frontside with a guy called Mark Keston who used to manage um, uh, Sweatshop Union, which Kiprios is a part of. Wow. Can you connect yourself to Kenny Starr? No, I can't. I don't think so. I don't know much about Kenny Starr. Okay. All right. Wow. That was incredible. Yeah, okay, let's try again. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let me think now. Um, i got to think of somebody. How about one of the guys from Three Inches of Blood? Um, when I was in high school, I played in a, in a punk band called My Buddy Dave, and we played CITR's Shindig, and we were in the finals, and we came second place to Three Inches of Blood, who beat us for the first prize. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, I'll, I'll try, you've got me on the on the spot now. I'm trying to think of somebody else. Um, <laughs> come on, you, you've got to think of somebody surprising that nobody would expect. Said the whale to know. Oh, see, this is this is it, it's hard for me to think of who's surprising because it's just it's my life. Okay, I'll end the interview here, and I appreciate you taking out the time to speak with me today. Yeah, no problem. So now you live with Zach, and uh, I interviewed them a couple weeks ago, and I asked them to give me a question to ask you to sort of mess with you. And okay. here's their question. Okay. Well, Tyler, yeah, Tyler and Zach live together. Have you ever heard any strange noises from his roommate? Okay. <laughs> Do you hear that? Ask, ask Tyler from Said the Whale if he's ever heard any strange noises from his roommate. From his roommate's room. Yeah, from his roommate's room. <laughs> Which roommate? Did they specify? They specified it was Zach. Oh, from Zach's room. Well, here's the thing. I kind of live in the kitchen in the house. Um, like more or less, I live in a in a really small den that's attached to the kitchen, and I I have three feet of space on at the base of my bed, and I have four and a half feet on the side of my bed. So a very small room, and um, I, I sleep with earplugs because Zach always fucking wakes up at the crack of dawn and makes a smoothie in the kitchen, and is you know blaring a blender. And so that wakes me up. So that's why I sleep with earplugs. So I haven't heard anything strange, um, but probably only because I'm so far away and I sleep with earplugs because he's an early riser and I'm not an early riser. Nice. Uh, Zach said that if you were going to be honest, that you would say you've heard many strange sex noises. I think he's going to answer something to do with uh, bizarre sex noises, if he's honest. (laughs) But let's see what he actually says. Oh, yeah, no, not from Zach's room. That would be from the... Uh, there's a guy that used to live in our house, um, and him and his girlfriend just made, like, weirdest sex noises, weirder than I've ever heard in my life. Like, yeah, I don't know. It sounded like someone's throwing up, actually. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I was going to ask you to... Really, like, picture what someone sounds like when they're throwing up, and that's what it sounded like when they're having sex. Okay, well, he was talking about his room. Yeah. Never heard any. I don't think Zach um, gets lucky that often, so I wouldn't have heard anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. 
utterly inconsequential They are inconsequential things So write you the longest letter Describing the feelings and all the stupid things All cross my fingers